Welcome to Breakthrough Brands. You are listening to The Conscious Business Show, bringing purpose, profit, and prosperity into your life and business with your host, Joe Dalton. And welcome to The Conscious Business Radio Show. This week, I have Ono Mali. Ono Mali helps people with investments helps them look at the stock exchange and Owen has an interesting point of view of what's happening in the marketplace at the moment and how things are going to bounce back up. All very positive. Owen, would I be correct in that announcement? Absolutely. Bottom line is we empower people and we help people to understand the market and use the market to make some money. It's very, very curious. The market finished falling hit its absolute low mid-March, which is about six weeks ago. And even if people out there think it's the end of the world and doom and gloom and the chicken licking the sky falling in, the stock market has been rallying for six weeks constantly since uh, mid-March. So people kind of don't realize is that the world of finance has woken up and realized that this is not as bad as they thought it was going to be. There was you know, terrible rumors that 150 million people were going to get the coronavirus in the U.S. And with a 20% death rate, they were expecting about 30 million people to die and Everybody bought into those rumors, and, and that's why the market dropped 40% the previous six weeks of that. So there was a very sudden sharp drop. But as I said, people don't realize it finished mid-March, and it's been rallying ever since. I was just listening to the radio this morning. 82% of businesses in Ireland are either closed or half open. There's a lot of people out there who are on the pandemic supplement. There's a lot of people who, even though their businesses are closed, the government, thankfully, are assisting their wages. These people are getting money, and it'll be burning a hole in their pockets. Yeah, so I believe there's going to be a very big bounce back. So you're right, you hit the nail on the head. A lot of governments around the world have paid employees anything from 70 to 80 to 90% of their salaries. They've been sitting at home for two months. They can't spend it because they're locked in on their home. I honestly believe that it'll be a V-shape. So we've basically all fallen off the cliff. It's given us time for reflection to see what's going on. And then when things open up, it'll bounce them back up again because this wasn't a recession because we had no money. This was a pandemic because of a virus. So that's why everything stopped. People still have the money to spend. If you look at the last 20 years in the stock market, Joe, um, we've had 10, 10 corrections, but two major ones before this, the dot-com bubble. That was genuine in the 90s. Companies ran away with themselves and companies were genuinely overvalued. I mean, if, if you produced a company called JoeDalton.com, you would have your share price would have gone to the roof because it was just a sexy thing to have a dot-com company back then. And companies were given ridiculous valuations even though they weren't even making a profit. And so when the correction happened in the dot-com, it was about a 50% correction. It happened over a period of about 18 months. And uh, the S&P 500 dropped 60%. and the Sorry, 50%. And the NASDAQ, which is all the technology companies, dropped by 80%. It peaked to 5,400 in March of 2000, and by July 2001, it had fallen down to 1,200. So that was a genuine necessity. The market needed to correct because it was overvalued. The next major correction was the 2008-2009, the collapse of the financial system. But that was a genuine financial crisis because banks overleveraged themselves, people overleveraged themselves, property companies, uh, development companies overleveraged themselves. So that was a necessary correction that needed to happen. That correction was 58% and it took about 30 months to unfold. The S&P 500 fell about 60%. 
Corona was completely different. Before Corona, there was not overvaluation in the market and there was not a financial crisis. There was loads of money, everything, everything was booming again. It was just where the world went on pause. And I think that's a good word for everybody who had an opportunity to take stock and basically have a couple of months holidays and just stand back and reevaluate what they're doing in their lives. But, but there was nothing wrong fundamentally with the market. And therefore, what people don't know is the S&P, I'm just looking at my charts here now, Joe, the S&P 500 finished falling around about 20, close to 2,000. And uh, as of yesterday, knocked on the door of 3,000. So do the math. If you can grow from 2,000 to 3,000 in the last six weeks, you've grown by 50%. So the stock market has grown by 50%, the S&P 500, which is a premier league of the stock market. And yet everybody out there is talking about, I wonder, will it be a U or will it be an L or a V? It's a V. You can see every chart. Yeah, every it's, it's, it is going to it's be. It's already happened. The V has already happened. But even look at the V in the stocks in the whole economy as well. And mm. we do know that there is going to be some businesses out there that aren't going to reopen. And they're probably the reason the owner hasn't got the energy to give the fight again. You know, yeah. they, they might just go, look, I'm done with this. And it wasn't working yeah. anyway. So we know that some businesses will not reopen, which then leaves the opportunity for the people that who have got the fight, the leaders who are calm, the people that, you know, aren't really having that anxiety and the stress. Because a picture of them out there as well, we see that we're being reported that these are all very high but I honestly think that the people that have it, they're starting to wake up and they'll start to thrive. Yeah. Well, I mean, statistically, if you look at business, I mean, it's a fact. The small SME produces a report every year, but 85% of businesses that start today will be out of business five years from now. 96% of businesses that start today will be out of business 10 years from now. It is a fact of life that 4 to 5% of businesses last beyond 10 years anyway. That's well, yeah, the majority of businesses that are successful have a growth space of 33 years anyway. So, exactly. Yeah. What happened with the coronavirus is that it was just it just pressed the fast forward button and some of that stuff is going to happen anyway. Like it happens as part of life. It's know? it's interesting to say that because we had someone on the show there on a previous episode talking about the retail, and mm. they were saying that before Corona, retail was changing. The retail industry knew that it was evolving, and all these big, huge, large multinational companies, you know, like. Debenhams and everything, they were all equipping themselves because people were no longer willing to travel anymore. And it was more about customer experience instead of service. Mm -hmm. And what's happened with Corona, what they had planned and what they knew was coming down the track has just speeded the whole process up. Hit the fast forward button, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your thoughts then on, on A lot of people are working at home at the moment. And I was speaking to a company yesterday and they said to us that it looks like 50% of their staff, when the lockdown is lifted, will stay working at home. Yeah, it was a natural progression. I mean, if you want to be even more radical and and think about it, do we even need a school system or a university system? Like we're here with a couple of university students in the house here and they're they're tuning into LYIT and, and the lectures have been delivered through um, webinars. So, you know, this is going to ask a lot of questions, pose a lot of questions about, you know, do we really need some of the stuff we're doing? And is is some of the stuff we're doing highly inefficient? And the answer is yes, it is. And this is a wake-up call for a lot of people that, yeah, you can work work from home. Look at all the 
money and time you save by not having to commute. Yeah, and my thoughts there are, will city centres then sort of redevelop as well? I think just two things that I'm getting out of this from a financial aspect is property. Do you know, all these apartments that are built in cities that don't even have balconies. You know, mm. there are four walls with a window and the people then and there will probably be looking, oh my God, what's going on? Okay. Mm. And the other part as well, will we need as many office blocks because a lot of people then will start working at home, which then brings the question is the commuting, freeing up the roads and so on. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff that we do that's highly inefficient that um, when we look at it, I remember about 25 years ago, there was a guy on the late late had an interest in theories that he reckoned we should go from a seven-day... It was completely radical, but his thinking was if we went from a seven-day week to an eight-day week and we asked half the people to work for four days and the other half to work for four days, then that meant your schools and your your factories and everything could stay open all the time. You wouldn't have a Saturday-Sunday day off, so you could make squeeze more efficiency out of your units of production. So, again, just radical thinking, but this... This coronavirus certainly will wake up people thinking, and as you said, again, off air, they'll take stock of their lives and what they're doing and, uh, you know, what's important, what's not important, what's efficient, what's not efficient. And it's a bit of a, a, bit of a cleansing and uh, a bit of a reawakening. I was just listening to, there was cries in America that the Postal Service is struggling big time, the U.S. Postal Service. And the reason they're struggling is that Amazon, drops off their parcels to the U.S. Postal Service to post them. But for every parcel that U.S. Postal Service delivers for Amazon, they they lose, on average, $2 a package. And so it's like Amazon's become the richest company in the world and Jeff Bezos has become the richest man in the world. And yet the U.S. Postal Service is losing $5 a package in some cases. So, again, it just doesn't make sense. There's going to be a lot of people taking stock of what they're doing and get back on track. You're right. There's more and more people have more time, okay? Um, Mm. A lot of people as well that if you're looking at it, they're starting to waken up. You know, you and me, we would be fairly awake, but I'd like to think we'd be fairly awake ourselves. Mm. And Mm. they're starting to wake up and they're starting to look at the research and doing a lot of stuff and doing a lot of questioning. And Mm. out of that, and you can see it on social media, what people are looking at the big four tech companies, they're looking at the medical system, they're looking at what governments are doing. And people Mm. are sort of questioning these things, which never before has happened. Mm. In a way, you kind of go, this is good. You know, debate is good. Censorship is bad. And the more and more people that talk about this, the more and more people can realise something has to give. Sure. Another another thing to think about, uh, so there's an article in the Irish Central. It's a, it's a US publication for Irish immigrants over yeah. in the US. And there's a doctor on from the Bronx in New York. And he said, with COVID, you know, every hospital was told you can't do anything but COVID. And everybody was told to stay away from the hospital unless you had COVID. And what this doctor was saying is that, you know, people begin to question, geez, do I even need to be going to the hospital as often as I do? You know, when when they've gone for two months, not having done it, there's a lot of stuff that maybe that's unnecessary as well. And people begin to say, well, maybe I can take more responsibility for my own my own health and, you know, have a healthier lifestyle and eat healthier yeah, and exercise yeah. and take things into our control. Because we know... We know with this dependent culture that you know no country in the world is ever going to solve their health crisis because there's always going to be too many sick people in beds. The hospitals are always going to be swamped over. But if the if the world 
starts to think about, well, hang on, will I take responsibility for my own health? Will I will I have a better lifestyle? Will I take responsibility for what I put in my mouth and, and how I exercise and how I think? And yeah, people are learning to live without things. Exactly. And there it is. You know, I've said this on the show before. You know, I ask people, what are you learning to live without? And, mm. you know, they're going, oh, my cup of coffee or whatever. But mm. the I need it now culture is mm. being looked at. I think that's mm. all being sort of stripped away. Big time. People are going to say, maybe I should buy only what I need rather than what I want and take a close look at, at how they get satisfaction. Like a lot of people look externally for satisfaction. They, you know, they, they buy stuff because they want to feel good. But how about going in and just feeling good within yourself? You are listening to The Conscious Business Show with Joe Dalton. Let's jump back then on. We need money to make the world go round. We need mm. money to put food on the table. You know, there's a lot of people and they're giving a lot of, lot of, lot of free stuff out there. And mm. they feel, you know, oh, I need to do this because it's, you know, Corona. But Time is money and there's people out there going, hang on, I need to feed my family. You know, there's a fine line between valuing your time and giving everything away for free. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the whole world of marketing is, you know, it used to be premium content has become premium content. And then there comes a point where people are taking advantage of people because, you know, people have that listen to the show have genuine skill sets that they've uh, built up over their years and years of experience and genuine values that they can add to people. And those have been abused now because people expect everything free and they're not respecting people's uh, time and, and uh, knowledge that they've built up. Yeah. If someone is, say, looking at and they're going, OK, the world is as it is, should they invest in the stock? Should they get out of the stock? Yeah. So to answer your question, should people invest? I mean, success leaves clues. Tony Robbins back in 2008 was bewildered by what happened with the collapse of the financial system. And he decided to do a lot of research. And he spent five years researching who are the wealthiest people on the planet and how do they make their money. And he produced a, a book in 2014 called Money Master of the Game, where he put the transcripts of the interviews that he had with the 11 richest people on the planet. And all 11 of them do pure stock market. Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Carol Icahn. You know, so... It's like if you were from another planet, if you were an alien looking down at this planet of, you know, almost 8 billion souls running around the planet and you say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's making the most money of them all? And you discover, what do they do? They do the stock market. So there's kind of a, a clue there. And if you study the top investors in the world, they have a very, very simple formula. They only buy shares in the best companies in the world, the creme to la creme de la creme. They don't do any of these startup Mickey Mouse, you know, cryptocurrency things or you know, forex trading or any of this weird and wacky stuff. They just go for rock-solid companies that have a long track record of performance and getting better and better. The second thing they do, Joe, is they look and wait patiently for value in the market. They wait for shares to be at their absolute lows. And right now, anybody listening to this podcast or listening to the show, there are shares that you can buy in the stock market today that have not been this low for 10 years. There's nothing fundamentally wrong with them. It's all just to do with market sentiment. It's to do with panic selling. You know, people sell and, not, and then it becomes a Me Too syndrome. Everybody copies them and they sell. And so you can pick up companies today that are at a 10-year low, Joe. And a 10-year low only happens every 10 years. So you've got to wait another 10 years for another 10-year low. And the, the third thing they do is they treat their shares as something that gives them an income. As Robert Kiyosaki said in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the definition of an asset is something that gives you an income. So everybody uh, 
wrongly believe their house is an asset. If they're living in it, it's not an asset. It's, it's a dwelling. That, it's a dwelling. And they spend money on, you know, doing it up, doing up the garden, painting it. It's only an asset. It's only an asset for their children when they die. Correct. That's all. Uh, so, so that's the third and final thing that people do that are successful. They say, my share is an asset that it must generate an income. And that's what we do in the Investment Club Network, Joe. We actually help people be empowered to be able to measure a company for strength, measure it for value, and once they own it, be able to generate an income from it. That's the three simple things that you need to do to be successful in the market. Most people just, even if they do go in the stock market, they become buy, hold, and hope. If you buy a share, it's only going to do one of three things. It's either going to stay the same, go down, or go up. If it stays the same, you actually lose money because, as you said correctly, money loses about 2% per annum in inflation. So you've only a one in three chance of success if you buy and hold a share. So the way to mitigate that is to be able to generate an income from your share as well. So do both. Buy rock-solid quality companies, buy them when they're good value, but once you own them, generate an income from them. We hear stories about people who invest their life savings and lose it all and then they're mm. they're terrified and it reminds me of the amway days and tupperware party days do you remember them mm. and sure yeah, know, yeah there was people buying all these products and they were told they were going to be wealthy and rich and the only ones that they sold to was the rest of their family already had a supply of cleaning products in their house for the rest of their life sure you know and there is the thing that with what's happening at the moment and with everything falling off and people, you know, that panic that's set into a lot of mindsets as well. The normal white collar guy, is it going to make him nervous spending money or are they just going to start saving it just in case they need to buy more food like they thought it was going to run out the next time? Yeah, see, people are hardwired to spend because they look outside themselves for personal satisfaction. So people are addicted to shopping. It's just, it's what they need to feed their ability to feed good. I mean, Don Martini talks about it. He says, if right now, if you took every every bit of money in the in the world and you distributed it amongst 8 billion people in the world, everybody could be a millionaire right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But he says, within five years, it would go back to 95% of people um, not having enough and 5% having plenty. It, it happened in Russia. A good friend of mine, he's a doctor, and all of his his, his mother and father and his Four grandparents were all doctors, and all his siblings were doctors. And he lived in Russia, and he was telling me that it used to be illegal to be an entrepreneur in Russia during the communist times. And then they lifted those restrictions, and you could become a street trader. And he said, well, I can buy big razors. Remember the old big razors, the plastic razors? Yeah. So you probably can still get them, the disposal razors. He said, I can buy them in this village for two rubles and sell them in that village for three rubles. And that's what he started to do. Actually, if you study Ivanovich's story, the owner of Chelsea, he started out as a street trader, which is even more fascinating. His first assistant that he employed, his first employee when he was just a street trader, is still with him today, is his PA today. But anyways, the story behind this guy is that when Russia decided to come out of the company system and redistribute the wealth of the country to everybody, they give everybody like a voucher and says, you own one, whatever, let's say the population of Russia is, I'm only guessing, let's say it's 100 million. You own one 100th million of all of the resources in America, in Russia. And he says, what actually happened is that people didn't know what it was, didn't realize it was valuable, and they were literally selling them for a penny for cigarettes or beer or something like that. And very quickly, the oligarchs, owned up all the wealth of Russia because they just simply bought these 
vouchers of people that were giving them away for a couple of fags or a pint of beer. So to answer your question, no, the world will always be. I mean, Jim Rohn, uh, Tony Robbins' great teacher, um, has, has a simple philosophy. The world will always be the way the world is. It, 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 it'll always be, there'll always be trials and tribulations. There'll always be challenges. There's never a straight line. There's always ups and downs. Everybody's individual life is going to be up and down. Every, every country's going to experience up and down. The world is going to experience up and down. It's, it's never plain sailing. It's not what happens, Joe. It's how you deal with what happens is important. I agree with you there, but I also believe with what's happened in the world, I think the COVID has created a paradigm shift around the world like never before. I'd love to agree with you, Joe, and I'd love to be able to buy into that theory. But it, look, it, we had the Spanish flu in 1970 and 1980. Oh, we understand that. We had the Spanish flu and it killed millions. <coughs> the only not, nothing changed. And we had one there. There was one, the locals here where I live in Donegal here, one man was telling me there was something happened in 57, wasn't it? What was that? 1957, 58. There was a, another pandemic. The farming community of Ireland are well used to viruses because when you had foot and mouth coming into Europe exactly. on it. Yeah. But I'm talking about a paradigm shift, and I really believe it's a paradigm shift for people to question stuff more. The more questions that are asked, the more that we can solve a lot of problems and the more sure. that people then can expand their belief systems, no matter what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I do believe that that paradigm shift will and is being taken at the moment by a lot of people because when they're let out of their boxes which we all live in they'll wonder what's next what's yeah. next i've spent time with my family as you said you know the schools the political system the medical system i think there's going to be a big shift for the better i also believe that three months four months down the road we could be locked down again for a month or so and then it'll open up and we could be locked down. Who knows? Because the stats that are coming out at the moment, we won't know till maybe a year down the road when we look at the, at the analytics of everything as well. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to, uh, it'll fizzle out. And yes, there might be flare-ups in certain places, but I think that we're much more prepared now if there's any small flare-ups. So I think, I think, I think life will go on. I hope so. Just people easily forget. We know that. Mm. You know, people sure. easily and we, we, forget. We are, we are emotional creatures of the day. So I do hear what you're saying that people are going to think and question and maybe reevaluate who they are and what they're doing. And some people are going to make those adjustments and some people will just fall back into the, into the, yeah. the groove again, you know. Owen, what's the future for yourself? We're just focused on one thing. We're just focused on helping people to understand the financial system and helping them to be self-reliant. We encourage people to join an investment club, invest 100 euros a month into a kitty and start to learn how the market works and start to take responsibility for their own wealth. And the 100 quid, is that for training? The club uses that money to buy shares. So, you know, if you think of it, Joe, if you rang up any broker in town and said, I want to get involved in the stock market, but I can only afford 100 euros a month, he put the phone down and, you, you know, you're wasting his time because his charges would would be probably 100 a month anyway. So, yeah. no, this is an opportunity for people to start really small, really safe, in a supportive environment where everybody wants to learn together as a team. And they meet once a month on a webinar. They put in 100 euros a month into a kitty and they make collective democratic decisions and they go through a process of learning. It's like a once a month night class. Why did you get into it, Oh, Because I was that guy out there that had a job. I was the, I used to be in salmon farm, and that's what took me to Donegal. For 12 years I worked in the salmon farm, and, you know, just the way 
we are frozen. There was too much money at the end of the money. And I took myself over to Tony Robbins UPW in London. At that event, Tony Robbins says, we do this thing once a year called Wealth Mastery, where we bring in the top investors in the world, and they will distill their decades of knowledge and experience of today. So in 1996, I took myself over to America to a six-day conference, 24 of the wealthiest people on the planet, did really distill their decades of knowledge and experience into days. And there was a group of ladies there called the Beardstown Investment Club. They'd done 34% return that year, and I think the S&P 500 had only done single-digit return. And they said, look, becoming financially free and learning how the stock market works is not that difficult. You just need to get yourself in a mastermind group that are, are all focused on the one thing. They said, most people who run around life just focus on income generation, but they're not focused on long-term wealth creation. And so that model that the Beardstown Ladies Investment Club had started back in 1996, we just took that home. And here you are today. I know there's a lot of people out there who will be looking at ways to create that financial freedom some of them believe it's a it's just a pipe dream some of them are fearful but yeah take it, well, we, take, we've, take we've managed to open up in 52 different countries from a small little village in Donegal we've opened up 52 countries we've opened up over 1200 investment clubs in 52 countries in 15 different languages and over 30,000 people have gone through our two-day education program simply because our desire is to help people to understand how this works and, and to be self-reliant it's not just the finances, it's all the other bits as well that you're offering as well. That's, I think yeah, that's because with freedom yeah. becomes the ability to be able to work in other parts of their life. Yeah. Mali, where can people catch you? If you want to take a look at TICN.ie, Tango Indigo Charlie November.ie. And if anybody wants to join one of our investment clubs, just send an email to Anna with one N, A N A, at TICN.ie. That's great, Owen. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Joe. Really enjoyed chatting to you. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world, conscious leaders, and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast, which is part of the Conscious Business Academy, offering purpose, profit, and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership, and creative culture. If you want to reach out to me, it's joedalton.ie. You have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself.